0: This question, don't all religions lead to God anyway? Don't all religions lead to the same place? I feel like it gets thrown around a fair bit these days. Here am I I said I'd do this in my time, but it's wrong. Cool. Um, And there's actually a popular analogy to explain how the world religions interact. And I'll tell you how it goes. Basically, you've got a room and an elephant, and you've got four blind guys, right? And they haven't seen an elephant before, haven't felt an elephant before, And you stick him in a room with an elephant, and you say, go for it, describe this to me, okay? And they go, and one walks up to the front of the elephant, and he's like, eyes open, not closed. Um, And he feels the trunk, and he's like, yeah, this is like pretty firm, it's leathery, it's thick, it's got to be like a fat snake or something. Then the next guy, he rocks up, and he's like going for the lower approach, and he grabs something, and it's like, I don't even get my arms around it. What is this? It's huge. And he goes, that must be a tree. And what is it? It's the leg, right? Guy comes up to the back and he's like, grab something skinny as well. And it's like fairy at the end. And he's like, it's just like some kind of fashioned whip or a rope or something. And, and no, that's a tail. And finally, a guy just like walks into the side of it and he's like, I'm going to do my mime thing. He's like, that is a wall. I'm convinced that that is a leathery wall. You know, and basically the idea is that each person in their blindness is describing the same thing. It's an elephant, but they're describing it in different ways. They're all just feeling different parts of the same elephant, right? So what this idea is trying to say is that every religion is doing their best with what they got to describe God, to know God. And what they derive from that is all religions uh Good ways to describe God. They're valid. People like this idea because it smooths out all religion. It just equalizes everyone. No one is more knowledgeable about the elephant than the other because we have all just got a different piece. So no one can argue their religion. It's just like, yeah, well, you just got the leg and I got the trunk. You can't argue with me. I got the trunk. What's up? All right. If you've seen, has anyone seen the Life of Pi movie? Yeah, I I thought it was going to be like a hit. Anyways, I saw it, and I enjoyed it, and um, I was surprised, and maybe you should go see it, I recommend it, it's pretty cool, but the first like 20, 30 minutes is just talking about religion, and how Pi struggles with religion in his life. He grows up uh, in India, so Hinduism is pretty big, and um, so it unpacks how he discovers God, and he says a quote, I'm just going off my memory, so possibly got a little bit wrong, but he says... I found God in Vishnu. And then later on he goes, I discovered the love of God in Christ. So why did Christ die? I don't get that. He keeps asking questions. Finds out that's God's love, but he found God in Vishnu. Does that make sense? It's, It's kind of this idea in a movie. He's getting different parts of God from different religions. But what this analogy fails to recognize is that rather than the four blind men being equally right, or you can't blame them, is that they're actually equally wrong. I don't know if you noticed, but a tree, a snake, a rope, and a wall isn't close to describing an elephant. And even the individual elements, tree isn't close to leg, okay? They're wrong. What Christianity says, and what we're going to be looking into tonight, is Christianity poses the question... What if there was a fifth guy in that room and the fifth guy wasn't blind? He could see. He stands back, takes a look, and he describes an elephant while the other guys are busy just getting pieces, right? We heard from Zach on Monday night, Colossians 1.15, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. When we look at Jesus, we look at God. We can see God. That's what this fifth guy is doing. So let's get back to the question. I hear people saying this all the time. It's in movies. It's pretty big. Perhaps it is true. So I'm going to grab three religions and just look at what they say about God and we'll just have a think about it. So you've got Islam and a few others. Think one God, creator, okay? Then you've got Hinduism. I learned this from the movie, but I did also look it up. 33 million gods, okay? It's like if you do one a day, you're dead before you can get through them. Um, over here, you've got Buddhism, No God. None, 33 million, one, okay? You can already see that these religions stand at odds to each other. They can't be the same God. One God, 33 million gods. It just doesn't work. They say completely different things. So why, if you can tear apart this question, tear apart this argument, why is it around? Well, I reckon we live in a society of tolerance, right, and understanding, Okay, um, it's easy for us to say all religions are the same, quit fighting, people don't want to fight, they're just like, let's just say they're all true. But it isn't the case at all. And I say understanding because it isn't actually understanding at all to say that. It's the opposite. It's not understanding every religion. It's saying they're all the same, just denying the claims that they have. It's actually more like naive and offensive. But we live in a society where truth doesn't exist, everyone's true, you can say what you want, it's going to be true for you. So we can have Islam, one creator God, we can have Hinduism, 33 million gods, and they're both correct. That's cool. But does anyone really believe that? I don't, and I don't reckon you do. This view, that there's many truths, creates inconsistency. If everything's true, there's no jails, there's no law. No one can get done for anything. There is truth that exists. There are ultimatums. There's fact and there's fiction. In the life of Pi, he's, he's kind of getting heaps excited, talking to his parents at the dinner table. He's like, here's what I'm figuring out about God and all these different religions. And his dad just goes, ah, oh, stop. I can't do the accents, I won't. But he's like, you can't believe in all religions. They're different. It's better to believe in one than like have this weird kind of belief in all of them. It just doesn't exist. I reckon his dad has a point. Unfortunately, the movie doesn't swing that way. But the challenge then becomes, if we look at the dad's argument, what is the truth? Which religion is right? Which one should we believe? Truth exists. I reckon it does. I hope you do. I hope I can convince you of that in this talk. But what is it? Let's figure it out. I reckon everyone undergoes this search, uh, whether it's subconscious whether you really are searching for truth. But I like to get to the bottom of stuff and when it's involving stuff that we claim is like life, death, eternal life, eternal death, really important stuff, I reckon you want to get to the truth, truth. And You know something's really important when you say it twice. So that's hopefully what we're going to do. It's a little bit overwhelming, I know. There's, as I said, many religions, you've got heaps of people saying heaps of different things, all claiming to be right. Where's the start point? You got to go somewhere. You can't just go ah, and hope the one sticks out. You got to start somewhere. Wrong, wrong, right. Here we go. Let's go with this one. I recommend starting with Christianity. Now we've already looked at why I would recommend this. It's Zach's talk. Um, I want to urge you to consider Christianity first because Christianity, Christianity, is based on Christ, a person, not an idea, not a dream, not principles. It's based on a person. And Christ is a person based and in history. He can be proven true or false. And Christianity, therefore, can be proven true or proven false. All you've got to do is do your homework. So tonight, we're going to see Jesus answers our question for us when he talks about himself. And it's pretty simple. So let's explore that. John 14, if you have Bibles, hopefully they're out, but keep them there. It's good to see that what I'm saying is true. Um, and if not, we're going to leave that slide up because that's where I'm mostly sticking. So, first thing Jesus says about himself, and I'm sure you've all heard this before. Well, not all, but many of you would have. I don't want you to switch off. Keep with me. Jesus says, He is the way. Check it out, verse 6. Where we got it. Woo! I don't know how that was staying there before. Um, Verse 6, he says, I am the way. And when you think about the way, you think where. So verse 2, my father's house. And then he goes on to say, 3 and 4, that that's where he's headed. Okay? And he also says, verse 4, you know where I'm going. He's talking to his disciples. You know the way because they know Jesus. Jesus equals the way quite literally. Jesus is the way, weird language, I don't reckon we hear this much at all today, think about first time you go to your mate's house, I did this the other day, you ring up and you're like, okay man, kind of just realize that, yeah, I drive these days, I'm on my P's and my mum can't just drive me magically to where I need to go, where am I going, where am I headed, what's the way, and your mate, he's just on the other line going, I am the way, and you're like, no, seriously, good one, he's like, I am the way. Yeah, you're not helping. Like this, right? Back to the yellow pages, let your fingers do the walking. Um, But what does Jesus say, or what does he mean when he says he is the way, right? It isn't, I know the way, because if I know someone who knows the way to cunabarabran, which is hopefully exotic enough for no one to know, then you don't know the way to cunabarabran by knowing them. It doesn't work like that. But when someone is the way, then you can know the way, just as Jesus' disciples knew the way. It's almost like knowing the way to get to the moon is by a shuttle, right? I think I I, I know that, at least. I don't know if you do. But the way to get to the moon is by a shuttle. Dig The more you know. So we know the way to get to the moon. We know the way to the moon. To his disciples and to us as readers of God's word, because it's alive and speaking to us, He's literally presenting himself as like a bridge, a way to God. As a shuttle is to the moon, he's the only way to God, in fact. And he says that when he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. And the rest of understanding that Jesus is the way takes a little bit of a broad knowledge of the teaching of the Bible, which I'm going to try and summarize for you now. We've heard it a little bit yesterday um, when John talked about sin, but... I'm going to summarize it, sticking with this moon example, right? So here's basically the idea. We're humans, flesh and bone, right? Nothing extra, just the human elements. And we're on the ground, and we're trying to get to the moon. And we cannot get to the moon for many reasons. Here's a few. Uh, 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 doesn't work. No pixie dust, no nothing. You just can't do it. I don't know if you tried when you're younger, jumping off stuff, but pretty sure I did once. It's pretty good. But it's pretty quick way down. You cannot get to the moon by flapping your arms around. All right? Even if you could, let's imagine for a moment humans can fly. just like birds. You don't see many birds going to the moon. All right? We need oxygen to get through. We need oxygen before we even get close to the top of the atmosphere. We probably freeze to death before then anyway. All right? We need oxygen. So let's pretend we can fly and hold our breath for extremely long periods of time, even if we bust through, we're still going to die because of radiation poisoning. Are you getting the idea? We are hopelessly hopeless at any chance of getting to the moon, just as we are. We need someone to give us a space suit. What do you call them? Astronaut suit. One of them. Space suit. We need someone to give us a shuttle, and we need someone to pilot the shuttle, because I don't know how to do that. That inability, what I'm describing there, that picture in your head, that's sin. The inability is sin. It causes suffering, as we learned yesterday, and it separates us from God. It's our rebellion against Him. It's not just good and bad stuff. It's rebellion against God. It's literally turning the other way away from God. It's like digging a hole trying to get to the moon and then sitting in it. It's like negative, all right? So this is the picture that the Bible paints. If you read the Bible through, you'll get this picture like no tomorrow until you hit the point of Jesus, the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, as Jamie was saying. We as humans are hopeless in reaching God on our own. That is what God wants you to get from that. Pathetically hopeless. But, it's like a huge but, Jesus comes. In Jesus, God gives us a way to himself. He gives us the shuttle, the suit, and the pilot. We are merely a passenger. I thought about that before I did it, looking up. So Jesus is the only way. It's a huge claim. He's technically already answered the question that we had. He's denied every other religion as a false way to get to God. If it isn't Jesus, it isn't the way. I hope that's heaps, heaps clear, which leads to his second big claim. These ones are quicker, so stay with me. One of the things I explained at the beginning of the talk is the idea of truth, absolute truth, does it exist? And I said, I think deep down we all know it does. So Jesus here claims to be the truth, and he also claims to be God. Let's read it. Verse um, 6, we see, firstly, I am the truth, he says. Cool. And then verse 7, Um If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. If you've seen me, you've seen him. So can Jesus really back up such a claim as that? Does he back it up? You know, I believe Jesus, and I'll tell you why. It's because I believe that what's recorded in the Bible is history, and history is fact. It's a matter of fact. I believe that Jesus came back from the dead. Which is evidence in itself that he is God, that he is the truth, that he is the true God. You see, the unique thing about Jesus compared to a lot of other religions is that when he says something, he backs it up. He doesn't claim to have the special secrets of life and then just die like an ordinary dude and that's it. He doesn't claim to be God and then stay and rot in the ground like you and I will and like many of us, many people have before but he rose to life. He didn't need a lawyer to prove he was God. He said, I got this, and he died, and he rose. And We've already looked at the evidence of that. So Jesus says, no, all religions do not lead to God. He says, I have the truth, I am the truth, and he proves it. Which leads to his third claim. He says he is the life. Check it out in verse 6. He says, may seem silly, but I am the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Cool? Again, bit of a strange claim. He is the life. What does that mean? He means he's the one who gives life, gives life eternally, the one in which life is found. Okay? That's what he means when he says, we read a little bit earlier, but he says, I'm going there to prepare a place for you in verse 2. Um, now look up on the screen. You don't have to go there, but I'm just going to quickly fang back two chapters to uh, John 11:25 25 and 26. So We'll get that. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Stop there. So never die. That is eternal life for you. Just life eternally, forever. So, how does this work? Pretty important question to ask. A lot of people just I right, know Sunday school knowledge, Jesus died, I've got eternal life. I don't know, something. So Jesus has already done everything and fixed our problem with God. That's what you need to know. He lived a perfect life and he died for the sin, the rebellion of you and I. He rose again to life to prove that the debt's paid because there's no death where there's no sin, and the problem is solved. Jesus hands us his perfect record and takes back our broken one. I've been talking to people this week, and people say, I'm too messed up to be a Christian. I can't be a Christian. I'm too sinful. Jesus doesn't want to hear it. He has a perfect life, and he hands it over for everyone's anything bad. Clean slate. It's why... He can say is the only way. It brings out the amazing difference between Jesus and religiousness. And when I say religiousness, I mean just doing good stuff to try and earn your way to God, flapping your arms, trying to fly. That's the big difference if we believe and trust in him, as John 11 makes nice and clear. So think back to our efforts to get to the moon. Once we've tried and tried and failed and failed, what then? He said we need the shuttle, the suit, the pilot. And then once all that stuff rocks up, what do we do? Stand there and look at it? You need to trust it. You need to chuck on the suit. You need to get in the shuttle. And you need to trust that the pilot knows what he's doing. Strap up and you're simply a passenger. That's what Jesus says. That is the good news. He says, trust me. Believe in me. Trust and believe that I can take you to my father's house. I always rely on my mates to get me to the house because they know where they're going. Jesus knows where he's going. And that's pretty much it. That's what Jesus has to say to answer this question. So I reckon there's, amongst all you guys, that's sick to see us all here. Clap to wake you all up. There's four people, I reckon at least, I'm just having a guess, at four different types of people that are here. I'm going to go through them. And I say a little bit to each. And I want you to try and figure out if this is you, each, each type of person. See where you can go after this talk. So I want you to go somewhere. Number one, people who are Christians, right? We believe and trust in Jesus. I want to say, I hope you love reading this stuff and don't get bored about it. Jesus has prepared a place for us in God's house. It's an eternal house. It lasts forever without any suffering or anything. How good is that? Live in light of that. We are living right now in the shuttle. We've got everything on. I pray that you guys have got everything on, ready to roll. And we're getting close to our destination. It's like that time when you're in the car back from a long trip and you're waking up and you see, like, we're in West Gosford now. And you're, like, sick. There's Macca's. We might even shove in. But we're close to home. And you're, like, smashing some water in your face, your hand sanitizer. Ho, oh, ho. And you're just like freshening up. You're like, yes, so ready to get out and go to bed or something. No, but that's that's where we are. We're in the shuttle. It makes sense to get ready to where we're going. Like, why, I don't know, live like you're headed somewhere. That's the best thing I can say. And we go into a house in which you can't really take anything. Everything's there, provided for us. I reckon the only thing you can take are your mates. And so look around you. There's heaps of people here, I reckon that aren't in the shuttle. That's what I want to challenge you guys on. I'm sick of being a Christian throughout my life who hasn't taken this stuff seriously and haven't told my mates enough. Second group, people. People who aren't Christians. You don't trust in Jesus and you don't care. Uh, I reckon there's at least a few people here. Probably lots of you. I want to say, I want to try and give you a different kind of thinking for a second. So hear me out. Humans, I reckon, are inbuilt with a desire to worship. We are worshipers. If you're someone who would consider yourself non-religious or atheist, um, fair enough, you don't recognize a creator God, but I wouldn't say that you're without a God, a religious practice and a faith. The difference between us is that your God is yourself Your religion is made up of acts to please yourself and your faith or your trust is in yourself that you're right and that there is no God. So where is your religion? Because you got one. Where is that headed? Where are you going? It's based off what we believe. So whether it be nothing and you're right, cool, you're right. Good efforts. Or you could be wrong, and you could spawn back as a grasshopper because you just led a heap of selfish life. Or that could be wrong, and what I believe is true, what the Bible teaches, you could spend an eternity in hell. What is that? Eternity without God. eternal punishment, as we're led to believe, and I believe. It's serious stuff to consider. Please consider the truth that Jesus presents. Please investigate. Please ask questions. Discuss, debate, fight. I don't know. Before you give up, it's worth doing everything you can before you spend your eternity regretting a decision to not care. It's heavy stuff. Number three, people who aren't Christians, similar to the last group, but you're not heaps against it, you're kind of interested. I'd love to encourage this group of people just keep doing that, keep investigating, find out more, find out as much as you can. Get as much as you need to make a decision. Pick at it. Wrestle with this stuff. Don't give up. Is Jesus really the way, the truth, and the life? Is the Bible correct? Can I trust what it says? Or have I got it wrong? Have the leaders here got it wrong? And there's actually something else. If you find something else that's truer, come and tell me. Jesus doesn't call us to a blind faith. People think of faith like this. It's not that at all. It's not a blind step in the dark. It's a trust. And Jesus, God, through Jesus, has gone to huge lengths to make sure that that can be a trust because it's in history. Don't stop until you've found your answers. Read a historical document. Read Mark. It's an easy one to read. Don't fence it. Fence sitting is the worst. Splinters everywhere. Fourth group of people this is the last. Think they're Christians potentially, but they're busy trying to please God by their own efforts. Back to the example, they're flapping their arms, trying to fly. Big, big warning. Heaps of testimonies start this way. Please let this be you who realises what I've said tonight. Nothing can be added or subtracted to what Jesus has done. It is a complete, done salvation. If you try to add you'll just get lost. You'll change it and you'll lose the way. You've got to rely on Jesus and his merits um, and you've got to rely that he knows the way to his father's house and he's done it. So you've got to put on Jesus. You've got to trust the pilot. you just got to get in the shuttle. Denying the pilot and trusting ourselves, I think we, we get mixed up and we think we're in a neutral position and anything good we do, so he's neutral and we're like, good, I just stepped out, good. And it's like there's a rock wall behind us and we can't move back. In reality, doing this stuff isn't like a failed step forward, it's a step backwards. I've already explained it a bit. It's a step away from God's solution. And the worst bit is, is you think that it's forward. You've got to stop doing that. It's an offense to God's solution that you do that. Why would God send his son to die it's a really good question to ask yourself if you're in that boat. So I hope that what you've heard tonight, it is enough to us to fix our problem of sin. So tonight, stop trusting yourself. Even if you think you're trusting God, stop flapping your arms. Instead, realize that Jesus is what he says he is. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Trust him. I just heard someone, I was walking back after going to the toilet before coming in here. Someone said, Something about a screwdriver throwing it at someone. And they're like, oh, that was his man. Definitely going to hell for that one. And I was like, oh, man, classic. That's the classic illustration of, oh, I'll try to go forward again. But it's not that at all. Trust Jesus. Becoming a Christian, hopefully this stuff's interesting. You've heard three talks. We've got one more to go. Then we've got party times. Becoming a Christian isn't mysterious ritual that we do. It's a matter of talking to God and trusting Jesus. I've been saying it over and over, trust Jesus.